Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. This is a great episode. I had a lot of fun uh, recording with Integrative Breath on Instagram, Steph Magenta. Steph is a breathwork facilitator and shamanic practitioner, and I'm a big fan of her content. You know, she posts a lot of great information about uh, breathwork, about cold exposure, about adding authenticity and presence into your life, and also connecting with different shamanic uh, energies and forces and integrating that into our being. So I had a really great time uh, chatting with Steph. She has a wonderful presence. She has a lot of wisdom and uh, she's just a joy to be around. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode where we get into um, being present, bringing authenticity into our life, um, what we're here to do as breathwork facilitators, what that process is about, um, her own journey from addiction to thriving in breathwork, and incorporating shamanic practices into our breathwork. So hope you guys enjoy this one. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Schechter. So happy that you are here with us. And I am just going to grab my guest for today. I'm really excited about this one. I think you guys are too. My guest today is Steph Magenta on here as integrative breath. So as we wait for a moment for Steph to arrive, I invite you to just take a moment and get centered, get settled. Ah, there she is. Yay. Hi there. <laughs> Hi Steph, how are you? I, I'm okay. I'm, I'm clearly just getting used to new Instagram ways of working. Oh, look, Natasha's on there as well. Hi, I just did a podcast with my lovely friend, Natasha, and she's awesome. in the room. How yeah. are you, Jonathan? I'm doing great, Steph. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Thank you. I um, love those I'm, feathers behind you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I was just admiring your art. My daughter has that um, painting on her bedroom wall. My thank you. My um, my partner is a self-described uh, tapestry obsessive, so she <laughs> she's kept me in all kinds of tapestries around here. <laughs> is that tapestry? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah, so it was, it was one of the first things that she got me, and I love it. So Aww, thank you. Nice. Yeah, so thank you so much for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. And I know we've been trying to get it, make it happen for some time. And you have been so gracious in terms of, you know, offering to um, be on the podcast while you were in, uh, you know, on, on, vaca on your vacation there in Portugal, right? Yeah, well, it wasn't really a vacation, but it was um, a challenge. <laughs> Technology was momentarily a challenge, um, which is, yeah, but... I was happy to do it from there, but it's definitely easier once I know where the ground is under my feet. Well, I, th I think for me, like it, it I, I know you were still posting and still active, 
you know, in, in sharing what you wanted to share, but in a way it seemed like um, kind of disrespectful. Um, like I wanted to give you your time, not only mm. just from the, the internet perspective, you know, of we, that's what we talked about. Like, hey, sometimes the internet is, is spotty here, but it just looked like you were having this experience <laughs> and it seemed like wrong to pull you back into sort of the normal, you know, life and social media and, and whatnot, instead of just being in this wonderful environment that you were sharing with everybody. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Um, I mean, the irony is that being in that environment allowed me to feel so much um, increased spaciousness in my life, in my world, in my work as well. Um, yeah. But anyway, here we are. I'm back yeah. in the UK. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, so let me just uh, sort of set the stage before we get into it too much. So this is The Vital Point, and I started this podcast um, for people that are interested in transformational work, um, either in the process, you know, as Brene Brown would say, in the ring, getting dirty, um, or just curious. You know, I know a lot of people, like myself included, kind of stood on the sidelines for a while watching and, and being curious before I started, uh, you know, getting my toes in the water and before I just finally just plunged all the way in. And so, <laughs> you know, um, at, during that process, during that curiosity phase, there were so many incredible um, people on Instagram doing transformational work, leading um, people in their, their own journey and, and helping them to to go through this transformation. And um, you are definitely one of them, Steph. Um, so <laughs> this is um, Steph Magenta. She's Integrative Breath on Instagram. And she is an incredible um, breathwork facilitator and um, cold water enthusiast, uh, <laughs> shamanic practitioner, and so much more. I, I hate to limit people by their labels. So is there anything that I forgot? <laughs> That I forgot there that you would add, Steph? Oh, yeah. Mother of three. <laughs> Elder. Oh, um, these, these are parts of my life. The mother of three is something I'm incredibly proud of, my children. And the elder is something that I struggled to embrace and now embrace um, freely. So, yeah, I'll just pop them in as well. But, no, you've done a really beautiful job of introducing me. Thank you so much. And it's really nice to see all these people joining. I can see some of our former students have joined and other people who I don't know yet. So thank you for the invitation, Jonathan. My, the pleasure is all mine. Um, so just to get into this, um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was how you use the presence process um, in, your, in your breath work. Um, I know you've posted a little bit about it, and it's something that is very um, interesting mm -hmm. to me. Um, my, my partner uh, in April of 2021 went and did an eight-week intensive program in Peru at the Ayahuasca Foundation. And so in addition to doing all these ayahuasca ceremonies and learning the you know, traditional Shipibo practices, she also shared with me that like her main practice for herself that she was doing for integration and practice work was the presence process. And I had never mm -hmm. heard of it before. And so it like <laughs> happened sort of at the same time where she was talking about it and then I had seen something that you had posted about it and was like, wait a minute, okay, yeah. <laughs> what is this? And, um, you know, um, 
as I tend to do and sort of why I started the podcast, like seeing something new, seeing something that I'm not familiar with and then be, getting curious about it and being like, hey, what is this? So how did you how did you come across the the presence process and maybe can you explain a little bit of what it is? Um, I can I can certainly say how we relate to it in our training and and why I think it's amazing and I can tell you how I came across it. It was actually through uh, somewhere along my breathwork journey, and it may have been through my original training. I'm just trying to cast my mind back. I trained with Alchemy of Breath and although they don't use that in their training as the main basis for it in the way that we do, I'm pretty sure that I came across it there because their training is very much about a journey into personal evolution in facilitating breath work. And once I had uh, left Alchemy of Breath and set up my own training with my co-founder, um, Dr. Ray Rydell, we really knew that we wanted to combine the science of breathing, the ethics in practice, the anatomy and physiology, but also um, both of us have shamanic backgrounds. Mine is more North American. Hers is more like the ones that your partner's been experiencing, South American. And I've always seen breathwork as a form of soul retrieval, really, because we're bringing back these parts that we may have lost or that we haven't integrated yet. And so when I began to read The Presence Process, which for me is a deeply shamanic book. Um, and the foundation for me of all good facilitation, particularly where we're holding people's trauma and uh, we're taking people into delicate spaces, is, and we teach this every time we teach on our training, is, is the key ingredient is presence. So what does it mean to be present to another human being? I am present with you now. I've switched off all devices. I've switched off all distractions. For the time that we're in this conversation, my intention is to be fully present to you, Jonathan, to our questions, to our conversation, and to anybody who's listening. Hmm. And once we start to bring in that quality of presence, of course, we have to look at our own places where we are not present or where we're absolving ourselves of personal accountability and responsibility, which is also very shamanic. You know, in shamanic training, you walk the path of the warrior, you listen to the wisdom of the heart, and you learn how to take responsibility for what is showing up in your life. You know, there might be some things that showed up in your life that you really never chose, never wanted, and that created trauma. But from this point forward, how do you take responsibility for what continues to show up? And the presence process helps with that because each week you move through a different part of the practice in this moment I am here now, I am experiencing this. So really it's a, an anchor point through our training to help people self-realize, you know, and to do that from a loving, compassionate place rather than a judgmental one. It's not flogging yourself saying, you, you, you've just failed, you're not good enough, you know. It's like really, ah, oh, ouch, there's a sore point here or I'm having a reaction, what is it? And that gives us the opportunity to come into um, more responsiveness. Yeah, I love what you said about um, as we come into presence, it, make, it gives us awareness of the areas of our life where we're not present. Mm -hmm. um, so it's mm -hmm. like, it's almost like these soft cues of like, well, wait a minute, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm out of awareness, I'm out of presence um, as we become acclimated to that feeling. And I, I found that like in somatic work as well, or just, you know, catching my breathing. I remember one day I was walking and I just, 
all of a sudden came to this realization that I was breathing really shallow. I was breathing through my mouth almost without thinking about it. Right. And, and as soon as I had that, you know, that, oh, wow, I'm doing this. Not only was this, it this cue to, you know, to stop, take a few deep breaths, start breathing through my nose again. But it's like, I don't want to say I'm perfect, right? <laughs> None of us are perfect. But the danger zone. <laughs> right. But there was, there, was, there was something that happened in that moment that created this awareness from then on of, mm-hmm. oh, anytime my, I start to breathe through my mouth, it's like that cue to like, oh, wait, something, something is off here. If I'm not aware of it, it's an invitation for me to get a little bit quiet, take a few breaths, check in with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love, I love how the, the processes that bring us into presence and bring us into uh, awareness, not only are they helping us in the moment, but they're also informing the rest of our life, sort of shining that light, like you, like you mentioned, on those areas where maybe we're not present. Mm. And I love that you refer to them as soft cues because the more I learn, and you quoted Breen Brown at the beginning of this, the opening of this talk, and I love how she really is such a big proponent of the power of vulnerability and the, and the, and the depth in gentleness. And, and for me, that's my life learning. It's like, how do I attune myself so I can listen to those soft cues? And what is it that wants to be known? And I find that in stillness and in presence the stuff that wants to be known can arise. Whereas obviously if we're Mm -hmm. running around and we're constantly charged and we're constantly living in our sympathetic nervous system, we can't hear what wants to come through. We're either driving it and directing it and then we might be missing a load of stuff or we just don't hear because, you know, we've already got these patterns of responding and behavior. So the presence process for me um, starts to break down those patterns and provide opportunity to notice yeah, so thank you for that gorgeous description, soft cues. Exactly. Yeah, I, I started um, reading it yesterday, just almost because of this uh, podcast, but it also just like, okay, I'm curious, you know, what is it about this? And just mm-hmm. reading the introduction, one of the things that really jumped out at me was this idea of being present with our trauma and with the parts of us that we normally um, turn away from. You know, and, mm. and like, and how, how important that is, especially in the context of transformational work, because I can't speak for everyone, but I definitely feel like I've observed this in others. And I can certainly speak for myself that um, especially towards maybe towards the beginning of spiritual and transformational practice, we have this human tendency to turn towards the light and away from the shadow or away mm-hmm. from away from those parts of us that we're not really okay with or haven't integrated. And so mm-hmm. just to, to have it in that black and white of like, Hey, we've got to work on integrating all of it, you know, not just the parts that are convenient or feel good and warm and, and light. So mm-hmm. I, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to getting more into the, the process <laughs> over the next few weeks. Mm, good. Let me know how you get on. Yeah. So I'm curious about your your background a little bit because I was looking at your website and you tell me if I'm getting this wrong. You you worked in addiction research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you get from there to to breath work? 
Well, I, I guess there's a, a question that might preempt that a bit, which is how did you get into addiction research? Because, because then from addiction research into breathwork has actually been, you know, they say that you teach what you need to know. And I think, I think the addiction research was the precursor to actually starting to really do my own healing because I came from a background of addiction. So personal addiction, seven, eight years of hardcore heroin addiction. I was completely lost, completely lost mm. in a lot of trauma. And in, in getting out of that and transforming my life, that's step one. You know, step one is to like actually acknowledge I've got a problem and I need help and I don't want to live this way anymore. And I had to get to a really low, low point to do that, really low point. And... Um, I managed to return to my hometown and I managed to start that process. And then I was like, well, you know, I, I'm a, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do with my life? I, you know, I don't know who I am without this cushion of, you know, um, opiates and, and mm. this whole lifestyle that was associated with that, which was a lot of hiding, a lot of concealing, a lot of restriction, a lot of crime. And, you know, my grandmother used to say to me, you know, you'd be six feet under by now if you hadn't made that call on that day to say, bring me back home, I've had enough. And I probably would be. And so eventually I thought, well, the only thing I know how to do is is talk about addiction, really, and some of the other things that were there. And, and I saw this job advertised and um, I've been working in casinos just to earn a living. And, you know, I just thought, oh, yeah, that might be fun. I don't know why I thought that. Anyway, I soon learned it wasn't much fun <laughs> being in darkened rooms all night. There's no windows in casinos. I don't know if anybody knew that or not, but because they don't want people to have a concept of, oh, shit, it's daylight and I've been right. here all night. OK, <laughs> so anyway, I knew I didn't want to do that. And I, I saw this job and I thought, I'm going to apply for that. Yes, I don't have social work training. I don't have X, Y, Z. But it was with an agency and an organization who are pretty well known, who are much more kind of... Um, street level and want to communicate with people and I got that job ahead of other people who had applied so basically I was starting to dig in and do research into the things that I'd lived and and then whilst I was in that job it's completely random it seems but I don't believe in random really but whilst I was in that job I had the opportunity to go to a big conference in New York well it was actually in LA but we flew in via New York City and I saw the skyline and I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to visit there. And I managed to get back there about a year later and discovered juice bars. And that began my journey of I opened my own juice bars. I was pretty entrepreneurial. I developed a lot of resilience through coming through addiction and things like that. Everything has a gift as well as a curse. And I opened these juice bars and I did 20 years of working in juice bars and investing in health and well-being and smoothies and you know, there might be people on this call who, who knew me from that time or who listened to it later. And it still comes into my work because health is an holistic thing. It's not you go to the gym and you, you work out and then you ignore your mind, your thoughts, your spirituality, your heart, your body. You know, it's not about pushing. It's like a whole package. And, and so I suppose in a way, um, eventually from really just finding all these parts of me that remained unhealed it was I discovered dance I discovered movement I discovered massage and body work and went to train in it and and ironically was starting to burn out because I was doing too much health related mm. stuff and um, I just started training in craniosacral therapy 
when I discovered breathwork. And I went to a breathwork session with no expectations about how that would be. And I had the most, I'd been working with plant medicines, by the way, before then as well. So I'd done like a four year stretch of like a lot of ayahuasca, San Pedro, Iboga, various substances to really help clear, 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 keeping clearing, you know. And then I found breathwork and had this transformational experience. My whole body was like alive vibrating with energy and I just stood up in the room after that session it was in Bali uh, in a temple space and I just let go of this huge piece I'd been carrying for years and I was like oh I don't know what the f just happened there (laughs) but I knew immediately I had to train in that work and I had to pursue that and that for me has been the beginning of actually stepping into my true dharma you know the other stuff might have been clearing my karma and then suddenly it's like you know and it's all in service the whole thing jonathan it's it's a journey isn't it it's a it's not just a linear thing it's like wow here's this that comes in here's that that comes in and it led me to breath work that's beautiful (laughs) thank you thank you so much for sharing that i can i can relate to so much of your story you know from one perspective like the how the work that we do in our own journey calls us into service like and it's almost not even like a choice it's like this is uh it's just following our heart i think and that's how i describe it you know it's just like i don't really have a choice in this my heart is just telling me this is the direction you need to go in. And as long as you take one step in front of the next, you're going to get to the right place Mm -hmm. that you need to be in. Um, So like, I can certainly relate to that. Um, But also just that feeling of being blown away by breathwork, especially (laughs) in contrast to ayahuasca or other plant medicine work, you know, like I, I'm, I'm always, I always love seeing people's skeptical look when you tell them that, you know, and, and I understand because I was skeptical too. It's like, oh yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's so profound and um, so, yeah. tran- you know, just life-changing. It, it really is. And I think so many people don't realize. And, you know, again, in the shadow side of it, people can go seeking like cathartic states and seeking that activation. And to truly come into relationship with the breath is to actually accept all aspects of it, the simple, the boring, the uneventful, the peaceful and the dramatic and the, you know, the kind of things that you might get in a plant medicine ceremony. However, what I loved about it was we can regulate our own experience. We can know where our edges are. We can, we can come back. We can self-regulate. We can soothe the nervous system because we're, we remain embodied typically. I mean, obviously, if people do access deep trauma, they might become disembodied, dissociated, which is one of the, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things we see happening in breath work sometimes. But it's, a different experience that I feel if it's well held and done properly and it's a trained facilitator that the that the ethics within that and the container that's created allow people to integrate well you know and if it's not me that helps your integration because maybe it's out of my zone of knowledge and awareness I would know where to refer people but all the time people remain in connection with their body, in connection with their breath, because, you know, without the breath, that's it, game over. 
Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious gonna... how how do you, how you use or how do you promote that integration during you know your your breath work or your your intensives. Um. Well, when you say how do I promote it, can you? Yeah. Say yeah. A bit like. More? Um. Yeah. Just um. You know, like how do you encourage people or how do you work with um them? You know, like say after breath work. Um. Mm -hmm. Okay, now the next step is, you know, integration. So like, you know, are there any activities or, you know, how do you, how do you sort of coach that for your, the people you work with? Well, I mean, that's a good question because it's always going to be about boundaries and healthy boundaries as well. It's like, we, we as facilitators of breathwork, we're not here to fix people. We're not here to heal or teach or do any of that stuff. We're here to open the pathways for people to find their own healing and their own sovereignty and to give them a hand in going, oh, okay. Right. So you're creating the space that is safely held. And in the framing of that, there might be, or there is an importance in saying how far you will meet somebody after a session or not meet them after a session. But allowing time managing the energy well uh telling people what to expect all the pre pre uh, session stuff is as important yeah. as the post session stuff and then of course all the old cliches about you know have a bath drink lots of water rest well sleep well they work that's why they come in so often you know it's not just naff it works because <laughs> because we need to allow the body to settle again so all that's been raised up if there is stuff up needs to come down and settle so if it's a really big event or retreat, then I might have a post-session uh, webinar where we come in and we say, how are you doing? Or what's, what's been alive for you since then? Um, if it's a workshop that happens, then the integration comes within that session. And yeah. I always say to people, do reach out if you need to. And then I caveat that by saying, and I may or may not answer. <laughs> because <laughs> when, I, when I got involved in, in plant medicine work, I remember going into these places and, and then really, in a way, what I was doing was giving, giving my power away, although I had to experience this to see it. And it was like I'm reaching out to a member of the team or the facilitator to go, you know, you didn't come to me when I needed help and blah, 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 and, and I need you now, so tell me what to do next. Sometimes they wouldn't answer. So, of course, that would trigger all my I'm not seen, I'm not enough, mm. That person's much cooler than me. Why? Oh, they don't really care. Every projection that I could find would come up. There we go to the presence process. Okay, I am in this right now. What am I making it mean and where does it come from? And sometimes those teachers knew really well not to answer because I was wanting to be rescued. I was wanting them to tell me how to find my own resources. So there is a fine line, I think, sometimes between... Uh, you know, needing that support and expecting it or desiring it because we don't trust our own uh, intuitions. And for me, this is what good facilitation is. You know, we train people on our training. Very, very, very much focus goes into presence, integrity, ethical practice, touch, uh, trauma, developmental trauma, psychological trauma, where, how it shows up in the body, how to work with it, how to keep people within their window of tolerance so that they're not tipping into places where they can't manage or function, you know? And that's not always easy. I, I run a Saturday morning free breath work and it's a big group. There's like usually 100 to 120 people show up every week and they're online. 
So I don't know what their support systems are like. I don't know what happens if they're doing a breathe and they go off. So I frame that by training people or speaking very clearly into the space about it's so important that you don't go beyond your limits. It's so important that you self-regulate. If you don't have support systems around you, join the session, feel the energy, breathe in and out through the nose. Yeah, thank you, Jessica. Somebody's commenting about that hit hard. You know, just like really really starting to understand like what's happening in our systems. That's the integration really. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I love that you mentioned, you know, not, not moving too, too far or not going, not going too deep, not getting out of control. Um, mm. Cause that is something that's interesting about breath work in like, as compared to, to plant medicines is like a lot of the magic for breath work, well, for both, a lot of the magic is in that surrender, is in that trusting the process and just going with whatever's happening. The difference is, uh, you know, plant medicines will give you a nice nudge, you know, whereas uh, with breath work, you're kind of standing on the cliff uh, trying to convince oh, really? yourself to, to jump <laughs> off, you know, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Pla- plant medicines have never given me a nice nudge. They've always given me a major whack. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, no, I, I was trying to say it in a nice way. I was actually thinking there's that meme of the person on the cliff with the big hand. Oh, yeah. God, and it's like ayahuasca or, yeah, and, and ayahuasca is down here too, like, c- catching you. Um, yeah, yeah, no, usually it is a, a push uh, rather than a nice gentle nudge. But um, yeah, with breath work, there's, there's that self-sovereignty of like, I'm going to purposefully <laughs> jump off rather than get shoved <laughs> off. Um, so it's, it is tricky about like mm. how, how far, how much can we open up? And mm. it's definitely a process. So it, mm. I, I, think, I think where I was going with the original question is like, you know, you, I think you mentioned you guys have like um, a movement element. Um, I've seen some of the content that you've posted from your trainings. It looks like there's some movement and some dance and some, some, some energetic stuff that's happening as well as just the breathing. So perhaps there's an element of, of the integration in there. Um, like I no, know that, that's just for fun, Jonathan. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Great. I mean, when I actually lead my sessions, I do encourage people if the body starts to develop a movement that's happening, like amplify that and see what's in yeah. there, but not through repetition that becomes a story or you're, you're not connected to the sensation or the feeling mm. or where it's arising from always bringing it back to the breath. Sure. And the same with sound. It's like, you know, okay. Many of us have really blocked throat centers because we just haven't been brought up to actually trust our voice. We've been told that we're stupid or something's wrong or, well, why would you say that? You know, that kind of thing. And so these centers close down our communication centers, close down. They're intricately connected to our heart and our gut and our, our truth, our personal truth in the world. And, uh, And so when we have the opportunity to make sound, you know, maybe we get to yell that no or that, you know, swear word or that curse at somebody that we never got to issue or to state a boundary or something like that. But if I hear people in a session getting stuck in droning and toning and just uh, or screaming, really screaming and, and in high activation, it's like discharge and come back to the breath, discharge. If they're stuck in a place, that's not for me what breath work is. And that's not for me how we begin to manage um, trauma that shows up in the body. 
Um, and so, so in a way, it's kind of like the movement and sound are in service to that, if I use them, on our retreats and our, our graduations and things like that. If people are doing any ecstatic dance or shaking or any kind of movement, really, that's just for our integration. Because if we're sitting there absorbing information or we're tense because we're leading our own breathwork sessions, like for the students I'm speaking about, not for me, you need to get that out of the body. That's the whole point. Like human beings yeah. don't discharge like animals do. And right. so it's useful in that sense. So what I heard there is that you're encouraging people to be in presence again, to kind of bring <laughs> it back to the presence process, um, authenticity rather than let's just go through the motions to integrate quote unquote, whatever just happened. Did I get yeah, that right? Authentic ex- yeah, you did. Absolutely. That's a beautiful summary because uh, authenticity is everything because The thing is, there are so many masks that we wear. There's so much illusion. There's so much comparison that we're afraid of being authentic because it's not been safe to be authentic in the past because maybe we've been attacked or violated or judged or ostracized, exiled, whatever. And so for people, it can feel really risky to be authentic. So we really encourage that. But also anything like that comes with the ability to be discerning you know, what is appropriate? Because when I was younger, people used to say to me, God, you're really blunt. Like you just, you just say stuff. And I used to think, yeah, isn't that great? Because I was saying what nobody else would dare to say. And yet sometimes that wasn't, that could be hurtful or, or maybe it was like too much for me or too much for them. So as I've got older, I learn authenticity also includes the ability to be discerning and to to just actually go right now is not the moment that I'm going to say that or speak that out and right now I'm just going to let this land in me so we come back to presence as you said um so yeah it is that and I mean life is just a great big learning curve isn't it (laughs) absolutely yeah so I wanted, I had one more question for you. If you have the time, I want to just check in because sure. we're about 30 minutes in. Um, so I know that shamanic um, practices are another big part of, of who you are and, and your offerings. And mm-hmm. it's actually something that um, I was curious about your sequencing and how you sequence that within the breath work, um, because it's something that I'm getting into a little bit as well. Um, oh. In terms of like we just did a container um, a couple of weeks ago where we offered uh, cacao and shamanic drumming along with breath work and sound healing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we were like, okay, how should we do this was um, breath work before or after the shamanic drumming. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I can ask Steph about this because I'm sure <laughs> she has a good opinion uh, from her well, practice. Um, I, I don't have a formula. I, I never have a formula because the thing is, like, sometimes people who train in breathwork will come and say, you know, oh, how can I bring more shamanic element into my work? And I say, well, go and get shamanic training. That's the first thing I would say to anybody, because it's not something that we do that's just bells and whistles. It's a lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. to be committed to walking a shamanic path and to be in integrity with that for me is like, um, you know, it, it comes into my work because uh, in shamanism, we say that you never work alone. We become the hollow bone. Spirit works through us. Great spirit. And before every session I do on a Saturday, I sit and I meditate and I pray for a few moments and I go to my altar and I smudge and I welcome all my guardians and my ancestors. And I say, 
what wants to come through me today? Let me be a vessel for that. And I never plan what I'm going to say in those sessions. Yes, I might plan for a retreat or an event like the one you're describing, because otherwise it's chaos. Um, but I go in and the first thing I do is open the sacred space, open the directions, call in the spirits and acknowledge that I am not working alone. And we create this container. And I, I thoroughly believe in the power and the potency of that work. And I respect it enormously. And, uh, and then, you know, depending on what it is, if it's a shamanic breathwork workshop, a weekend, then we may have drumming, we may have shamanic walking, we may have shamanic movement, we may have breathwork. And it doesn't really matter where anything comes in, as long as the flow of your event is curated where people feel like they they're taken on a journey and they understand what they're experiencing. And even if they don't understand it in the moment, they, you, you trust enough that the process will take people to a place of understanding when they finish. Like, ah, okay, yeah. Because when we arrive at an event, we're surrendering into the space, aren't we? So a well-held space is is beautiful thing to be a part of. So I don't sequence it with a, any particular, you know, sometimes I might, people might experience a shamanic drum journey and whatever they discover goes to the breath. We go straight into a breath work. And other times it might be that the breath work comes first. We take a pause, but people will typically be in quite altered states in a different way through breath work than they are through a drum journey. So right. it, it can be harder to come back from that. You know, if people are in big process from breath work, it might be hard for them to lie down, still the mind and go into the, you know, the drumming. Did something flicker then? It's all good. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't okay, know what happened, good. but I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, you know, I suppose typically in that sense, looking at a kind of what quality of, altered states people go into a cacao is a heart opener so that's perfect to open the heart and then go into breath work but it also is a vasodilator cacao and then breath work constricts the mm. the blood vessels you know so so i think there needs to be time and space you know sometimes i'm doing that work with sweat lodge as well and i go oh okay so you know cacao and a sweat lodge i need to make sure there's enough time that i'm not creating situations where people are actually putting their health or or whatever else in danger, because we have a responsibility. But the kind of stuff you're talking about, it's really about, you know, reading the room, isn't it? You have your schedule. Yeah. May maybe you need to jiggle it about a bit because you go, oh, you know, the energy is not there. So we need to really shake this up a bit. Yeah. Um, so I, I heard there just being, again, being authentic, being reading the room, um, just kind of knowing where the energy needs to go just by being present and, 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 and reading the situation. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think I, I can definitely relate to that. I think I was just, um, you know, wanting to get the opinion of such a, <laughs> you know, such a, a master at it. <laughs> no, uh, I'm, a master. I'm a master of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, it's like, like you're saying, like, I'm a in, student of life. <laughs> in that um you know like in that bigger structure in that like retreat setting or something where there's a lot of people you know like just like you mentioned there there has to be some structure otherwise there's there's yeah. chaos right and that's definitely something that my partner brings in she's like no we gotta like we have to have a schedule and we have to know what we're doing mm. and 
Uh, okay, well, uh, Gabrielle Roth, who's the founder of Five Rhythms, now deceased, um, God rest her soul, she, and one of her famous quotes is, it takes great discipline to be a free spirit. And I love that because I used to hate the word discipline and the concept of it I didn't like. I didn't like structure particularly. I'm actually really good at it, but I didn't like it for years. I, I saw it as a constraint to my freedom. And the more I realized that those structures are important, particularly in things like breathwork, because our job is to create the space that allows people to open up to find their own healing. As I said at the beginning, we're not teaching, we're not fixing, we're not healing anybody. We are creating the space that allows the inquiry that will take people to where they're ready to go. And that's another really important part, you know, because it's like, well, um, where am I ready to go? Where, where, what is my system ready to receive? How much work have I done? You know, because if we push people, because we, I used to, I mean, I admit this, you know, when I first trained and I first started, I would see the successful, a successful session as being the measure of how many people really got activated. Because I can hold a strong space because I have that shamanic background and, and I'm not afraid of shadow. It's, it's part of my medicine. But at the same time, I would see that as the measure of success and I was underestimating the power of gentleness and softness and regulation and nervous system regulation. And now I think less is more. You know, if somebody appears to be in a corner not really breathing very much, yes, our job is to get them breathing. But hey, you know, maybe they're on step one of this journey and they've come into this space and that's enough. You know, letting people be where they are and slowing down and saying it's not about me it really isn't about me it's about the breath and the wisdom of the breath and the and the safety that we can create through proper training and proper facilitation i'm really really big on that you know i've I've had a, a conversation this morning that just really really bothered me you know something i often see things on social media where i go oh my god you know really like untrained and like pushing people into really high activation states without knowing right. what you're doing it's like mm-hmm. just stop <laughs> yeah I, I feel like you and i could probably go off on that tangent for a while because i i also agree with that like we, mm. we're here to hold the space and i think there's a lot of people in the space because social media and our technology has made some of these modalities so um accessible to people Mm-hmm. And yeah, people come in and they think, oh, this is, there's not, there's not that much to it. What you're just helping somebody to breathe without mm-hmm. taking into consideration and respect for the, the incredible space that this can open up within people. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it's almost like uh, you're, you're playing with Pandora's box a little bit. And especially yeah. if you're encouraging people, no, get that lid open, you know, like just <laughs> Toss it over, Blast, you know? Yeah, right. through the roof. Do it right. now. And, yeah. you know, I often get emails from people who've been to some of my Saturday sessions, for example, online, and then and they email me and say, oh, my gosh, Steph, like, I I watch what you do, and I thought, oh, I can do that for my friend, and then my friend went into this huge reaction, and maybe they don't realize that right. they've got epilepsy, or maybe they don't realize they're in PTSD or anxiety, and something gets triggered, and they're like, oh, can you help? I don't know what to do. And, um, and, and it's great that social media allows us to access these practices and network and connect because there's 
a lot of very awesome breath workers out there. There really are. And, you know, I, I was just chatting with Dan Brule actually the other day, uh, not name dropping, but I've just been had the pleasure of interviewing him for something that is coming live and is very exciting in February. Awesome. Watch this space. And, and he said to me, you know, I've never met a breath worker I didn't like. And I was like, well, that's saying something, you know, because he's been in the business <laughs> for like 50 years. Right. So, so there's a lot of great stuff out there. And I think, you know, really all we can do is be responsible for our own um, integrity, you know, and, and walk in beauty, as, as they say in the shamanic yeah. uh, path. Uh, to walk in beauty, walk in integrity and, and to keep on checking in, like, you know, okay, what, what, what is this? What am I doing? Why am I doing it? Who am I doing it for? Mm, you know, what's the bigger picture? And God knows we need it at the moment in these times. Absolutely. You know, the other thing that what you said made me think of is I'm not sure who I could attribute the quote to, but the, the gist of it is, you know, you have to learn the rules before you can break them. So you learn to follow <laughs> the rules, you learn what the system is, and then you know where, to, where you can push it, where you can create your own system and actually bend and break the rules, right? So uh -huh. um, I love that within the breathwork context, you know, it's, it's important to go through that journey. It's important to learn um, how to be present um, and also to learn where our limits are. So that, you know, we can, we can stay in a therapeutic zone and not get disintegrated, um, not get disembodied and be actually able to use this for, for a therapeutic kind mm -hmm. of um, use. Mm -hmm. yeah. Agreed. Well, I feel like we could talk for a while here and I want to be respectful of your time. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'd like to, um, you know, invite everybody either watching live or watching the replay or listening to, um, to check out your work. So where should they go to do that? Um, well, obviously, I'm on here on Instagram at uh, Integrative Breath. And, um, and they, or they can go to my website. Uh, the easiest recommendation is stephmagenta.com because that will also take them to my breathwork training website and our school. Um, but really, you know, yeah, just reach out, drop a message if you have questions. And, and, you know, I'm pretty active on Instagram. I enjoy the interaction on there. I enjoy sharing information, receiving information and connections like this. That's how I met you. So thank you so much for inviting me. And yeah, let's do it again, because there's obviously a lot to talk about. Absolutely. And I, I, I keep like, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, at one point, I'm going to have to get up in the middle of the night and uh, do one <laughs> of your Saturday breathwork sessions. Well, you know, occasionally I do evening ones as well, although my energy levels are much better in the mornings <laughs> and in the daytime. Um, but I will be offering things occasionally because I get that a lot from people in the US. I actually do have people who come on those breeds who get up at 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. who are in New York and, and right. West Coast. And I'm like, wow, you know, hats off to you. That's devotion. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Well, I'll definitely... Anyway. I'll definitely keep my, my eyes open for, for mm. one of those late sessions. Um, thank yeah, you. Th thanks for everybody that joined. Thank you, Thaya Giren. Thank um, you. Glad thank that you, it landed. You. Yeah. I take it, that big hug from Brazil. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Another if, breath worker. Oh, awesome. 
Yeah. So if you're if you're listening uh, or watching the replay, um, please you know subscribe to uh, Integrative Breath and my page for more awesome breathwork uh, content. And um, thank you for if, the love, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and and it would love if you guys can subscribe if you're listening to the podcast on the major podcasting platforms. It definitely just helps to get the word out to more people. And I'm so glad that you guys all joined and that you got some value out of it. I'm loving the comments here. Um, So yeah, Steph, really appreciate your time today. And I would definitely love to do it again. Yeah, thank you so much. Take care. See you soon. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope it inspired you in your practice. You know, I hope that you feel great about going and trying something new, maybe working with a new facilitator, maybe uh, sparks your curiosity about, um, you know, what transformational practice can do for you. Um, You know, if you've never taken an ice bath before, if you've never had a plant medicine experience, if you've never gone through a transformational breathwork journey, um, these are all pretty potent practices and there are a plethora of opportunities and facilitators out there. So it's just a matter of you taking action. You know, um, that's the vital point is to practice. So, you know, get out there and um, get curious, try some stuff. You know, we only transform if we do the work. And so my hope with this podcast is that you feel motivated and inspired to expand and try something new or continue um, doing your own work. And I'd love to hear from you about your experiences or if you need help, I am here. I do offer integration coaching and I would love to have a discovery call and see if we are a good fit to work together. So you can reach me on Instagram at Blue Magic Alchemy, all one word. And if you're enjoying the podcast, um, please like and subscribe. That helps push us up in the algorithm. I appreciate your support. Until next time, friends, I'm Jonathan Schechter and keep practicing.